Mountains to climb, giants to slay Lessons to learn, prayers to pray And there ain't no time for living in the past This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. 
welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another amazing show. Nuestra Palabra Latino Writers having their say on the air. I am one of your co-hosts, uh, Libro Traficante Lips Mendez, a.k.a. Lupe Mendez, uh, here in the booth. And I, let me, Joe? Libro Traficante J.A. Libro Traficante J.A. And Joe then Anthony. to my direct vision of view site. Libro Traficante Malu. Look at that, folks. Yep, we're here. We got a full house. Joe, that song is not the most like the typical stuff that we would play and it has a little bit of a I think it's a El Mero Mero Libro Traficante uh, uh-huh. vibe feel to it I think it's that's his imprint is what do you have a title for what that was yeah the name of it is uh, Marshmallow no the name of it is Alone the artist is Marshmallow he's a DJ and then that's what yeah. that's what Tony chose it I think that's dope I, I like it so uh, uh, we are uh Organizing today's amazingly uh, brilliant show. Um, lots of stuff going on. Uh, we're going to give you a few of the updates, and we're going to be able to move along. So, folks, uh, happy post-gobble-gobble day. Uh, I hope everybody had a really good Thanksgiving uh, and opportunity to be thankful for what you have. Uh, obviously not thankful for uh, the particular mostly um, archaic traditional things that you would be thankful for. You know, uh, colonizing, um, you know, bad actions by, by individuals uh, taking over native lands, uh, but the opposite, being grateful for uh, what we have, what we've built, uh, hopefully breaking bread with those that you care for. Um, and now we're back at it, doing the work. Um, lots of stuff that's happening, like a few things that are just popping up, uh, amazing awards that have been going on. Um and all sorts of bits in between. So first, majorly, uh, I think, I don't know if Tony mentioned this last Tuesday. I don't think he had an opportunity to mention it last Tuesday. Um, but major shout out to Familia in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, in the RGV, South Texas. Uh, a shout out to Edward Vidaure and Rodney Gomez, both of whom were selected. Uh, Edward Vidaure was selected as the incoming 2018 uh, McAllen Poet Laureate. Uh, he was selected for that year. And then for the year after, for 2019, uh, the McAllen Poet Laureate will be, uh, Rodney Gomez. Uh, so two caballeros, two hermanos, uh, uh, in, in La Lucha, um, amazing poets in their own rights, uh, bringing their, their aesthetic and their poetry, uh, to the forefront in the RGV. Major shout out to you guys. Um, we will be interviewing them later. Uh, I think what's key too is that, in the context of the Texas State Board of Education not acting to advance Mexican American studies, obviously we have to accelerate yep. what we're doing out in the community. Preach, brother, preach. That's a huge sign right there. There's actually some West Coast Latina, Latino poet laureates that were just named. That's right. And I think today's show shows the entire context because now with Coco yep. being such a huge hit. Yep, blown up. I think there's going to be a lot of attention paying to Latino films done done right, but in the same context, we still got to keep all the work out in the community. And you're going to see that. I mean, um, you got Leguizamo yep. doing um, Latin history for dummies in um, in Nueva York, and then 
Of course, I think with all the work going on today, we're going to have uh, Lisa Cruz is talking about her essay, Saving Latina History Through the Works of Archives. Beautiful. So that's in the Houston Chronicle. We've still got to keep it at that level. But then also I think the, the other key would be we're going to have uh, Lalo on the show, not just because he's a friend of the show, but I think to put it in context because this overnight success was not overnight. Right. And I think – we have to acknowledge the victories, but look at all the work and then start planning what all the next steps are as we go into 2018 with the president who ran on on identity politics because identity politics isn't over. Right. He's just changed it where It's now, okay to say things that are uh, in code. Yeah. So whenever he says the wall, I guess that's not identity politics, but we all know he's smearing – uh, Mexicans and Latinos, and we also know that he is attacking the immigrant community, attacking native communities. Oh my goodness! Hey, by the way, let me uh, you know let's uh, celebrate. Thank you for the service that you've given as Native American uh, code talkers, and let me throw in a racist epitaph making fun of somebody else, uh, and therefore you know making it difficult to even kind of swallow that thank you without some dirt thrown on it. Right, some terrible dirt. Well, walk through it because it really is an insult to all Americans. What transpired with the worst president that the country's ever had. Um, so, for those of you that aren't aware, I think this was a couple of days. Yeah, this was either over the weekend on Monday. Um, the last surviving uh, Navajo code talkers that were. Uh, servicemen. They, they, let's get this straight. They were veterans of World War II, uh, servicemen, Navajo code uh, talkers, who were invited to the White House uh, uh, in honor of their service. Because um, they helped save democracy. Because they helped save democracy. This is the that uh, quote-unquote greatest generation. Uh, they are now in their 80s and their 90s. Uh, and here they are uh, being celebrated. And for whatever reason, uh, 45 uh, decides... To again go off script um, and made a statement in regards to um, the service that these gentlemen gave uh, that Native peoples have been uh, on these lands for much longer than um, other individuals. Uh, and then he quickly made an, I'm not even going to say off color jug, it was just a slam. Um, against uh, Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren, who at the time that he made the statement, he says uh, there's also someone who claims uh, to have uh, been uh, on the So random, wild, wild. random, random thought, thought Like random thought, he throws out a, let <laughs> me reference Pocahontas, which is what the right has slowly started coining the phrase and throwing it at Elizabeth Warren, but whereas most adults control their thoughts, he doesn't. It, there's no filter. Uh, it was unwarranted. Uh, it was unnecessary. Um, and I read the 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 you know the Twitter feeds on on it, and there were lots of people justifying it, saying, "Well, Elizabeth, it's 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 it, the president did it. So what? Elizabeth Warren shouldn't have." But let, let's uh, done X, let's y, Z pause there. That's that's the context of what we live in. So yeah. it is ever important for nuestra palabra to continue, for Tintero right. to continue, right. 
for these writers to keep working for Stella Luhan taking pictures of us. Hey, Stella, Hello. thank you so much for the work that you do archiving our community because evidently now you've got a whole segment of American society condoning the discriminatory statements of the President of the United States and he's been forgiven for calling Mexicans rapists for basically saying that no Mexican American can do his or her job correctly nope. because he attacked a federal judge and said that he was incapable of presiding over the Trump University case where he ripped off a bunch of students and had to settle. So he basically and, and, said that that judge couldn't preside over it because he was Mexican. And let, let's look at also like the expanded track record of all this. When we we look at it both from he he's made this latest attack on on Native American, uh, um, by using but Native Americans by using the slur. He's always talked negatively about Mexican Americans during uh, uh the hurricane that hit Puerto Rico. His mocking of a Puerto Rican accent. Oh his my goodness! Mocking how of the he, mayor. How like, do he get let off the hook? I guess he just his tactic is to just keep piling on the offenses so that we don't have time to pause because we did not even have time, and nope. that wasn't on the news enough. Where he nope. did that terrible accent, and and he thought it the what what's troubling is that for someone in that position and that regard has always had this unfiltered. What he considers level of humor. Billionaire privilege. Billionaire privilege to make any kind of a situation be something comical, whereas for the rest of us, these are actual important issues. So he takes light of all these things uh, that that are unnecessary for him to do so. And, and, and 32% of the country backs him up. And and so, folks, you know, the, the, the change happens every day. Um if those of you that haven't been woken up to the idea that these are the things that are occurring, please pay attention. If you haven't paid attention before, now it's in your face <laughs> almost every day. And so you need to be up on the news. And we've been bringing you the art to free been... your imagination. And and let's also be mind. very clear. Let's also be very clear. Uh, um, today, the FCC voted on net neutrality. And so you will have to start seeing... Not only how KPFD does its work on the airwaves as an independent station, now we have to see what the work is going to look like on the Internet. Because now it's going to be a lot more difficult for communities of color, for individuals who have a harder time uh, making paychecks, living folks that are living from day to day, from paycheck to paycheck, uh, who already have limited access to internet, it's now going to be even more expensive and almost twice as difficult for anybody to get this accent, access to what was uh, a net neutral system of, 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 of internet. Now that's going to shift. And so all the work that we do currently now, all the work we do in book, all the work we do on radio, all the work we do live, all the work we do for Comunidad, all of that is important. And if you aren't in the mix Going out to see writers, writing yourself, uh, cataloging, collecting the histories, doing the work, having a word, and being able to say these things, uh, now more than ever is that moment to, to do what that work looks like. So you're deputized. So today on the show, 
we need you to go on social media and retweet, folks. Let your comadres, your compadres know that Lalo Algaraz will be joining us on the air to talk about Coco, the film that's been a blockbuster. But we're going to tell you all the, the story of how it got to this point. We'll be talking to Lisa Cruces, who had a great editorial in the Houston Chronicle. Yo, I got a beef with the Houston Chronicle, though. Um, besides the fact that on their either either the email they sent me because I do subscribe, it didn't have any Latino charities for vote on your favorite Latino charity. So that's one beef. And second beef that we can talk about in a little bit. Speaking of net neutrality. It ain't easy to retweet stories from the Chronicle, and I subscribe. Right, so right. we'll talk. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But also, we're gonna have Libre Traficante La Comadre, Claudia Macias, who is an entrepreneur now as well as a writer. She's what? always been an entrepreneur, but she's gonna be here as a testigo to talk about. She saw Coco. I haven't. I, I have. Yet. You have. Okay, have. great. And then, of course, Lala will be joining us on the show as he's joined us. For several years now, ever since Nuestra Palabra was hosting our book festival way back when. And I guess, kind of like you were alluding to, this is it. It's showtime, ladies and gentlemen. Right now, our, our culture must fight to make sure that our voices are heard. And we can't let any gig go by where we don't push it. So we got to demand that our stories are told the right way. And we got to support writers. So on, on Thanksgiving, what they call it today? Thanksgiving uh, Day? Uh, giving Tuesday, Tuesday. Giving Tuesday. Hashtag Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday. I know you put out a blast for Tintero. We, we put a blast out for Tintero Project. This is not a direct call to action. We're merely stating a fact. We're merely stating facts. We put a call out. Uh, if you uh, want to continue seeing the great work that organizations like Nuestra Palabra, like Tintero, uh, like other organizations in the city that are. Don't are, do it. Call to action. Yes. Like all that. Um, those things are out there. Take a look, see, uh, and and those are out there. Pay attention. Like, put a little go on your Facebook, or go on your Twitter, go on your Instagrams, whatever, and put in hashtag Giving Tuesday, and you should see a busload of things where you can do some stuff. And share our posts. Go to uh, go to the Facebook page for Nuestra Palabra Latino Writers Having to Say Tintero. Also, Libre Traficante. Uh, the, and side note, because Tony did say that we should be supporting other writers and other things that are happening. So I want to make a quick plug, because um, this is both now... I love the commingling of Macondistas and Cantomundistas that is happening all across the U.S., right? So um, there is going to be January 6th. I know I'm way early. Me da igual. The Latino Poets Showcase, Saturday, June 6th. 7 p.m. at the Mexican-American Cultural Center uh, in Austin, Texas, uh, 500 River Street. Um, there are going to be five writers. Nice. Dope, amazing uh, writers. Marisol Baca, uh, Rodney Gomez, uh, Sochi Julissa Bermejo, uh, Yacaria, her name is on the other side. Uh, Salvatierra, Vanessa Angelica Villarreal, and Gris uh, Munoz, all of whom are book authors. Uh, massive books that are coming out. Uh, Vanessa Angelica Villarreal's book, um, Beast Meridian, just came out. All of these writers are going to be in Austin. Uh, so that may is, be the first big reading of That's going to be the big reading for 2018, happening in Austin. I know Jasmine and I are going to take a trip up there just to go hear them. Uh, these are the words. This is the, also part two of what call to action means. It is not just doing the work that needs to get done, but it's also feeding yourself the art that 
con- allows you to continue to do this work. S-O. So anytime a writer it's your comes homework. out, it's your soul that's, work. That's your soul work. Like you go out and you go feed that soul. Go hear other artists. By by the way, for all the right wingers monitoring us and trying to make us see if we do mistakes. When we say call to action, that's a figurative call to action. So when no money was exchanged. Having said that, here's another figurative call to action. Uh, uh, actually, uh, Maria Elena Cortez has the bilingual edition of her book, My Annoying Little Brother. That's She's going to be doing a signing this Saturday at the Houston Children's Museum, uh, December 2nd at 12.02 p.m. I'm not sure why it's 02. Very specific. <laughs> so very specific. I'm going to get there at 12.01 just to check. So, <laughs> 12.02 p.m. this Saturday. And then this Thursday, Abel Garcia has a new book out on uh, how to network and do business. He'll be doing a reception, not just for his book, but for all writers at Talento Building with Houston this Thursday at 6 p.m. If you can stop there as well. And then, too, hey, we want to help you out. If you do send us your memes, it's got to be a memes. It's got to be a meme, and it's got to make sense. So it should say the time, your little logo, the date. And the place and the address and if there's a cover at all. And then we can put it either on the air like we just did or in our newsletter. But don't go getting upset if we don't because it means that either we couldn't download it, it was too small, or it left out some information. However, on the flip side, if all those details meet, we're happy to get the word out. And speaking of getting the word out, we're going to take a musical break. And we're going to be back with El Meadow Meadow. I'm surprised he's still returning our phone calls. El Big Shot. <laughs> El, El, El Big Shot. Shot. El Big Shot. Out, right. El Big Shot. <laughs> Lalo Alcaraz and we'll talk about the makings of Coco and all kinds of other stuff you're experiencing Nuestra Palabra Latino is having to say this Tony Diaz Libre Traficante Libre Traficante Lips Mendes on the air we are stars we are one we light up the night like a black sun we
gentlemen. We are back. You're listening to Nuestra Palabra Latino Writers Having Their Say. Uh, we're actually in the middle of decorating the booth. You should see this. Or bringing it to life. Bringing it. That's it. That's it, that's it compadre. That's <laughs> it. So uh, we do have another Libro Traficante in the room with us. Uh, I hope this Libro Traficante can, can give her own introductions. Because I would like to introduce her, but I can't use that kind of language. <laughs> because the things I would say, I would say she's very uh, la mera ching, and then I'll leave it like that. <laughs> Pero tú ya sabes. So uh, this is uh, one of our fellow Livo Traficantes who's always in the trenches doing like triple work. Like I, every time I think of you, I keep thinking of Gloria Velasquez's I Used to Be a Superwoman, where she's got like... <laughs> Six different arms, and there's yes. like a plancha and a pencil exactly. and like all that. So please give us an introduction of what you do right. and what your name is Thank and you, all that. fellow Libra Traficante, Libs Mendez. Um, well, I'm La Libra Traficante, La Comadre, Claudia Macias. La Comadre. La Super Comadre, Claudia Macias. And I'm here because I just wanted to give my testimony. I want to give a witness on, on Coco. And also, you know, the work that I've done is working with children. Teachers and children in building that voice, yeah. especially for the young kids, especially in the time right now that yeah. we're in, yeah. is that our children, especially in the Latino community, the Mexican-American community, that our kids have a voice. And we got to start them young. That's Making great. sure that, we, that they know their history, the correct history, right. and that they're able to preserve their own history as well. And, and, and so I'm just psyched about being able to be part of the education community and supporting our teachers as an education consultant and also traveling with you guys to go all the way back to Tucson and You're support. on the caravan. On the caravan with my daughter, who's nine the years youngest. old. She's the youngest. Awesome. You know, having her to be Official part of La Libra Traficante Sitlali. La Artista Sitlali. Who was our courtroom. Courtroom artist. Artist. Courtroom artist. She was actually drawing what was, was going awesome. on with the judge, even when he was falling asleep. And the taking drawing wound up in the huffing the post. And, and Lalo and Lalo, approved it. yeah, approved her approved art. And That's it's just so dope. amazing. Wait, 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 back up, back up, back up. Como, 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 como que Lalo approved her art? Como dice? What do you mean? <laughs> so La Lio Traficante is Lali, my nine-year-old. She's an artist. Right. And years back when Lalo came and introduced his uh, his calendar to us at the Nuestra Palabra, one of our events, um, he actually sat with my nine-year-old. And then she was seven, and the other one was six, my other daughter. And he actually gave him art lessons. Stop it. Yes. They got, we were, yes, they got art lessons from Lalo right on the spot. He was there watching them draw, and he was giving direction, and they were actually drawing him. And and then now, back now this summer, a couple of years later, right. now this summer, um, see, Lali was sitting there at the courtroom, you doing, know, doing supporting, the yeah, supporting the mass professors that were right. going up there, and and, uh, and she was doing her work, and she was quietly sitting there just drawing. Which is powerful because yes. here we have a young Chicana mm -hmm. who is a witness to history. Exactly. But also surrounded by people who love her, but who are leaders, writers, yes. activists, yes. thinkers, Yes, men and women who are at the front. And she's going to grow up thinking that that's just how that's the just world way, is. That's, just what, that's <laughs> what we do. Which is fantastic. We see something that needs to be fixed, we go. And I think the other part, too, is that we all bring our own vision and gifts. So I'm glad that Stella's here to take these pictures. 
because we're on radio, I'm going to try and post some pictures. You brought in a lot of the Day of the Dead artifacts, which is fantastic. <laughs> I did. I did. I've been trying at home, trying also, to make sure that our kids know about we're honoring this. some. Hey, oh, Beth, yes. Tell folks who we're honoring. Yes. Well, we have some folks here, uh, a picture of my grandfather, Jose uh, Pepe Gonzalez, who was actually one of the original uh Men that you know came on at Chapultepec when when the Sopalara first started to give his writing and his and was that twenty that was oh my 20 gosh years ago. Uh, yeah twenty years ago so he's here in picture and I have uh, my cousin Cynthia Macias and my padrino um, Juan de Dios Prieto and so you know this means a lot to have had the chance to to be here today to give witness to tes- testimony to be part of. You know, being part of the struggle right. and and giving voice, you know, to it. And, so. and I think to give kind of the uh, the context for us, too, is that Lalo's been part of Nuestra Palabra for going way back. Way back. Including yes. when we used to do the Houston Latino Book and Family Festival. Mm-hmm. But I think the cool thing is that for this particular film to come out and have such a big impact. Oh, yes. We've had a lot of other films that didn't have the impact. So even with Nuestra Palabra and Libertad Ficantes, we we worked with um, Rudy Anaya and his mm-hmm. crew when um, the film Bless Me Ultima came out. Right. We're hoping that yeah. would have been the hit that it deserved to be. But it it was a hit in book terms. But in film terms, it's got to make tens of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And it did not. Mm-hmm. I thought it was mm-hmm. a powerful uh Film, and then of course the other one that we helped a little bit with, but not as much. And I thought it would be even bigger right. was the Cesar Chavez right, mm-hmm. biopic. Right. Yeah, and it did a little better, but not a lot. Yeah, right. yeah. So I think what's interesting is that those works, especially Bless Me Ultima, were true to the novel that it came from. Mm-hmm. I think uh, did great. I mean, for what they were, but didn't have that impact at the uh, nationwide level. Now, on a side note, Bless Me Ultima will be an opera. So right there, mm-hmm. six, you, know, mm-hmm. you right. can stick it. For, no. Right. <laughs> but there's other, there's, there's other, there's more than, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Mm-hmm. There's other formats in which these things take Exa- root. Exactly. That we care about just that as much. But we're just pointing out that right. here's kind of the playing field. So for this film... To have such a huge impact, and I guess it beat. Well, my kids are older, Aww. so we went. To, we went to go see Justice League. So let me. So let me. So let me. They want to see it though. Yeah. So they yeah. want to so, see it. Yeah. Here, here, I'm gonna give you now the the comic nerd. Okay. This is the comic okay. head nerd. Uh, you know, go for is, it. I don't ever do this often, but, but okay. So in terms of the the dollar for dollar impact, mm-hmm. um, uh, Coco beat out. Mm-hmm. In its first weekend, beat out the amount of dough that Justice, Justice League, League brought out. Yeah. It's Take that up, man. More yes. than yes, than even its second week, Justice League's second week mm-hmm. out. Like it barely even was able to um, make a dent in terms of what what um, Disney was able to put yeah. out. Now this is where it also like the 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 DC, I am very much like you have. When you talk about comic books, there's always this, like, what are you, DC or Marvel? Yeah. Uh, and I am very much a, a DC head. So it hurt my heart oh. that 
that Justice League didn't do as well, but oh. I'm glad that that be, all the that it lost to Coco. It lost to Coco, and, and, and that was okay. <laughs> I was I was comfortable. I was like watching Coco yeah. in itself was yeah. It was like seeing Canelo beat Triple G. Yeah. That's, oh, that's what it wow. meant. That's wow. what it meant. Yeah. That was, yeah. that's, Spe- it was. Speaking of oh. the Canelo Alvarez, a Chicano <gasps> artist, he yeah, is with like, us oh, wow. through the magic of telephony. <laughs> Please welcome to the airways, El Mero Mero, Lalo Alcaraz. Woo! Woo! Called Wero, but never Canelo. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to dye your hand out, Lalo. There's a first. There's a first for everything. Thank you so much for calling in. And first of all, we got to congratulate you, hermano. Congratulations yes. on the success of of uh, of this film. It's really been a huge breakthrough. How does how does it feel? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know it was gonna have you know this big of an effect where people are are typing me messages and crying while they're typing and showing me the pictures yeah. of their abuelita that hasn't, you know, or their parents that haven't been to a movie in 40 years and they're taking them to this film. And it, it's just, you know, this is what a, 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 a watershed moment feels like. But, you know, when you're in it, <laughs> I didn't, I really didn't see it coming. I was just, I was happy that the film was good. Uh, so I was secure in that. You know, I did the best I could, uh, helping the, the filmmakers, uh, giving them input, um, and uh, navigating all the things that we navigated. And uh, But I just had no idea that it was going to, you know, be the number one movie in Mexico of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the number one movie, at, I'm, I'm happy, I, I'm done. You know, number one movie for the weekend. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't ask for anything more, you know. So uh, anything from here is gravy. That's exciting. And now I'm, I'm waiting for Trump to tweet that. I know Mexicans are taking superheroes' jobs. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> it had to happen yeah. right at some point. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Trump's gotta like this movie. I mean, half the Mexicans are dead. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and, and all and all 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 the other Mexicans are in Mexico. So, <laughs> you know. Now, I do want to thank you personally because you have been such a great ally of Nuestra Palabra and a friend. And I do want to thank you for coming to our Latino Book and Family Festivals Mm -hmm. way back when, for coming to Nuestra Palabra. You were part of the Knox de Hasfoco when I chaired it over at the um, Lone Star College campus. And then... We also want to commend you because you've been going at this as an art cartoon artist. Mm-hmm. I remember when the Houston Chronicle used to run your magazine, but they stopped. Maybe they're going to think better uh, of it. Yeah, they're going to bring him, the bring, bring him back. <laughs> might wake up. They're bringing Lalo back. I think yeah. they would be pretty smart of them, verdad? <laughs> uh-huh. And then that would be a, that would be a miracle. Mm-hmm. That would be <laughs> awesome, and circulation would go up, I believe. And then also, uh, you've done books, you've got the radio show. Uh, we were happy to, to to work with you to screen Border Town, yeah, Border Town, yes, with Fox. Yes. And then this brings us up to to this film too, because you were involved when Disney had it wrong Mm -hmm. and Disney, Mm -hmm. you know, Disney was like walking in saying, Hey, I'm going to buy, can I buy the other Los Muertos? By the way, way, those wonderful tan skins. I want to buy that too. Mm -hmm. Can I buy that too? And you you were part of the movement that said, 
No. 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 Now, yeah, you know, uh, when, uh, when, when Disney tried, uh, Disney lawyers mm-hmm. tried to trademark the term the other was more so we were all, you know, uh, outraged and uh, online. <laughs> and uh, it was one of those rare victories uh, that we get, you know. Um, people, a uh, professor out in Denver, I think, uh, started a petition and, I did. I drew my Mortal Mouse yeah. cartoon. I love uh-huh. that. I remember that. Yes. Showing a giant calavera, Mickey, mm-hmm. trying to trademark your cultura, and uh, <laughs> and this, you know, I, I I think I've always been on. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've always been on on Disney's uh, radar. You know, every cartoonist tweaks Disney. You know, uh, <laughs> and it's a, it's a big, juicy, convenient target. You know, and uh, and people, you know, people ask cartoonists too. We we have a joke. Uh, they ask you two things, like, uh, what kind of pencil do you use? <laughs> and, and also, do you, are, are, do you want to work for Disney one day? You know, <laughs> that's why so I think people get annoyed, you know, at that. But uh, but that's not the reason I was annoyed, you know, because it was a you know, giant corporation, mm-hmm. uh, uh, or at least, you know, the lawyers of it, thinking, you know, that they could, Trademark another country's uh, <laughs> holiday, and they were just, a, it was a... Can I trademark little, your soul, please? Uh, you know. Yeah, more than a little tone deaf, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, from that, and the people at Pixar were horrified, you know. They were like, oh, my God, I can't believe this just happened, because that's the last thing that they wanted. Uh, they were they were going down to Oaxaca and, uh, you know, Doing research, and uh, I wish I had worked on the film at that point. Man, I was, they went to Oaxaca, Michoacan, Guanajuato. <laughs> they did, you know, Pixar does their research, yeah. you know. And and you know, back to the the Disney, you know, thing. Uh, had I think the Disney lawyers had maybe a, some diversity on their lawyers bench, you know, maybe yeah, they would have uh, stopped it from the get-go. An American maybe. lawyer, mm-hmm. Chicano lawyer, might have said, "Hey, mm-hmm. guys." <laughs> Maybe it's not the idea, you know. This and that's really the ultimate idea. goal that we want to we want to achieve is, you know, we want Hollywood to be diverse, and we we don't just want to be the consultants every time. You know, we want to be the producers. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to we want to be uh, the writers, yeah. and uh, you know, in, in this uh, movie, uh, Adrian Molina, uh, who uh, maybe you guys should interview sometime. He's the co-director and writer of the film. Oh, we love that. Uh, and uh, you know, he's a Chicano from Yuba City, uh, in uh, in in the Central Valley. And uh, you know, the guy uh, he he's a he's he's a young you know he's a kid because anybody under thirty five is a kid. You know, <laughs> and uh, but the guy's talented. He worked his way up through the Pixar ranks as an intern, then working on Monsters Inc. and then. He he ended up being the last writer standing, uh, wow. almost with uh, one other guy, Matthew Aldrich. Uh, you know, lots of people working on these scripts. You know, there was, mm. there was a story team, there's a script writing team, uh, and uh, and this guy is a triple threat. You know, he's also uh, or maybe a double threat. Uh, he's a uh, artist too. You know, wow. So he did. You know, worked in the story department, and uh, you know, he's a he's a great. You know, he's a great bonus that happened because of uh, the trademark thing and, and Coco happening. You know, he was he was promoted to co-director, and that's the right thing to do. And, and mm-hmm. we need lots, lots more victories like that, uh, you know, which is 
you know, what hopefully will happen uh, when studios realize that, you know, brown people like to see themselves on the screen just like everybody Mm -hmm. else. And we got to keep pushing that momentum. Two quick things would be, uh, one, the lesson here, too, is that you you protested that action not because you wanted a job at Disney. It's great that there's a happy ending to this, although it took like five years of hard work. And the other thing, too, I want to thank you personally because you allowed me to use Muerto Mouse in the Mexican American Studies Toolkit to talk about Day of the Dead. So that is uh, really cool of you. Uh, I forgive you now for not returning my call this time and round and wow. all the middle people. But yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it was it. a little busy. Didn't I just say, just use the damn cartoon already. <laughs> And, and and back to what you're talking about, you know, getting kids, getting people that look like us into the pipeline. I mean, as a testament and a testimony to what you're doing, what you've done, Lalo, my daughter, Sitlali, Lilo Traficante Sitlali, she is an artist, and that's what she wants to do. And she was actually in your presence one time you came mm-hmm. down here to promote your calendar. And afterwards, we went to eat, and you gave my two girls a lesson. And they were really in tune with you giving them those lessons about drawing. And when I let them know, hey, remember Lalo? You met Lalo? Oh, who's Lalo? You know, they knew they were going to go see Coco. <laughs> right. They're like, okay, well, Lalo, remember the calendar? Remember? Okay, go get your folder. Remember that picture? Oh, yeah. Well, Lalo had something to do with this movie we're going to go see. Which, by the way, we took your recommendation. You told uh, compadre, my husband, Alex Viegas, go watch it at El Capitan when you go to L.A. And we did. So oh, well, yes, great. yes. So we that's watched great. it all. T- What's special about Capitan? El Capitan is a, it's a old movie theater there across the street from Man's Chinese Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, wow. and, yes. And so he said, Lalo said, if you're gonna go see it in L.A., go to El Capitan. So you know, it was hard, but you know, my brother-in-law out there, he got us tickets. You know, we say, you know, you're Mexican win. You're gonna go with your family to go see the movie, and it's all eleven of us. Right. It was yeah. Right. <laughs> all eleven of us showed up. We took up a whole role, and it was amazing. <laughs> And I can tell you that to see that movie as a parent and having my daughter see the work that you had an, a big impact on and for her to see that she, too, can potentially be like you, like Molina, like a, potentially be part of something huge that she can bring her cultura and to see her own culture on the yeah. big screen, you know, even though we had to sit the 30 minutes of, you know that frozen um, i'm always late anyway you know so. you know i know we're always late and, so, and the time okay. that we're supposed to be late we weren't late you know we were on you know so you've seen it so we've seen it. it i love now, Lupe's it Lupe's seen it i I, was... I have not seen it my boys are big but they want to see anyways. it they want to see it no they, they, they yeah, said take them they want to see them. it they're they're all, this is an all-ages uh event film and you know speaking of what you know your daughters went through i mean when uh, this is why I have done this and, and, and been a, a broke-ass cartoonist all my life, you know, to create, it's the only way that I could create characters that reflected my life. Because when I was growing up, the only thing I, I had was watching, you know, American television in Spanish mm-hmm. and uh, the occasional, uh, you know, comic strip, the one comic strip that had Mexicans in it, which was Gordo by Gus Arriola, mm-hmm. which ran from the 40s to the 80s. And then, of course, crossing the border and, you know, having Santo and Blue Demon and all the Lucha Libre and those superheroes, uh, you know, I, otherwise I didn't really have anything that reflected, you know, myself as a kid. And I somehow, you know, I understood that 
it was, uh, you know, it was a negative. It was, it was lacking, you know. And so as I got older, I realized that I could create my own content, my own characters uh, that spoke to me and people in the community. Then I dedicated my life to doing that. And uh, That's so, awesome. you know, this is like nothing else but another opportunity to do that. Love it. And, it, and it's been a home run. I've I've never really seen people so touched by it, mm-hmm. and Latino, Chicano, or not, yeah. touched by it. And yeah. I think that's really that's a power story. So you've hit a home run, Vato. You, you did. I, I I always say to people that haven't seen it yet or have seen it, and I said if you didn't cry or at least have like a little lump in your throat, there's something <laughs> yeah. wrong with you. <laughs> you're, you're but, dead. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a zombie. Like uh, you know, there's like there's a couple of pieces out there on the internet about how. The, you know, one of my friends has said, uh, well, gosh, you know, and this is not a spoiler alert, but they said, wow, there's, no a, there's, a, bo- bo- there's a border uh, checkpoint uh, in the land of the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm really bummed out about that. I'm like, dude, dude if, if there was no border checkpoint between the land of the living and the land of the dead, you'd be in the walking dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, that is so funny. Hey, hey, on a, on a final note, let me ask you this. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to go with my boys. Give me something to look for. I want to feel like I'm looking for something going. <laughs> give, give him an Easter egg. egg. Yeah, okay, give okay, me an Easter okay. egg. Yeah. Give me one. I have a couple things. Yes. Uh, that uh, you can, uh, I did a voice. Oh. So uh, you get a brownie point, uh, and uh, uh, if you can figure out who, uh, which voice I did. Yes. Okay. Oh, cool. my gosh. Because in the credits, I'm listed under. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We stayed. We stayed to take a picture funny. of your name in the credits. And the that's girls actually saw funny. it right away. They're like, look, that's Lalo's name right there. <laughs> okay. So that's also, one. Uh-huh. And what's the there, other? There, there might be an Easter egg, uh, you know, which is, as we all know, a, a kind of a little visual, kind of a okay. hidden image oh. that uh, people, especially Pixar, is really good at putting in backgrounds of the movies mm-hmm. uh there's uh, there's usually a lot of them um they're and they always relate to other pixar films yeah. right uh but and in this case i missed there it. might be one that relates to your favorite comic strip like we've got out lupa you can come oh. with me and my i'll kids. go back and watch it with my kids there was I, i'm gonna say this much like there was so much happening i know in the film of like yeah visually Sonically, j- the crazy. music and the visuals, mm-hmm. and just like I-, I was vibing off the fact that there. And I'm a sp- not going to spoil it, but because you, you have <laughs> you to better see not, it, man. you just have to see you it. Have like, to. like, and take although a lot I'm not, of I'm not about, like, about plots, but so. no, no, no. But so like the but the, 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 the context of the icons of both Mexican culture, Mexican cinema, and, yeah. and just what oh, that yeah. represents, like. Mm-hmm. At the same tone, growing up, uh, uh, I became a comic head because of the Incredible Hulk. Like I learned English because of comic yeah. books. Like that's the only yeah. way. Onomatopoeia with like smash and <laughs> you know it's clobbering time. Like all that. Like that's how I learned English. Uh-huh. And so like I've always gravitated to that. My first heroes. Uh, I thought my dad lied and I said, "Hey, is Superman?" Mexican and my dad's like, does he have tiene pelo negro? Yeah, posted the comments. So like, I grew up, I grew up learning that Batman and and you know Bruce uh, uh, Bruce Banner and Wonder Woman and Batman all 
were Mexicano because yeah, they that was the closest thing to what <laughs> I understood like as right. Yeah. But yeah. so seeing seeing the images that were in Coco of the individuals that are represented, like that threw me back into not just my childhood but like every other iconic yeah. Yeah. image that I knew grew growing up in both an American context, but then also. You know, those are my sabados. Those are my Saturday nights, mm-hmm. like watching these things, hearing this music, right. seeing all these elements. And it just it was a flurry of just like I was cheesing the whole, the whole time movies. <laughs> in a different way that like I saw uh-huh. other people in the audience mm-hmm. who weren't Latino uh, see that. And they just were like, I don't get it. And I was like, now, you know what I feel like? Ha. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations. Out all the people and uh, and also real fast. I think that, um, you know, the, the character designer, Daniela Riaga, is a Chicano from Oakland, California. Nice. His, his family as models for a lot of the, the family characters wow. uh, in, in the film. And then if you look at, you know, there's a, another piece saying that there's not enough, there's no indigenous people uh, in the movie, and which is not true because the title character is indigenous. Mm-hmm. Just look at Coco's face. And look at her hands, mm-hmm. and look at Marvel at the animation of her hands. I mean, look at her chin, the fellows sticking out of her chin. <laughs> <laughs> um, they got everything. It's just insane. But then finally, at the end of the movie, you got to stay after the credits, after you yeah. hear from my name twice. Yes. I know. Uh, you, you wait till the very end, and you'll see um, uh, pictures of our uh, antepasados that. We were asked by Pixar if we wanted to contribute a photo wow. of our yeah, dearly departed. Yeah. And a uh, photo of my mom and Tia are up there. Wow. All, all the photos. So please, you know, anybody out there watching, go back and see it or, or stay. And also, uh, and watch that. And then watch it in Spanish, too. If you can find a Spanish mm-hmm. screening, it's great in Spanish. Yeah. That's, my, that's our next thing. Yeah. Movie. Watching it in Let Spanish. Let us know, and we'll, yeah. we'll announce it. Yes. All right, brother. Hey, congratulations again. Continued Thank success. Yes. Un abrazo grande desde Houston y tu, tu, mwah, tu mwah, familia. Mwah. Yes, from Houston with love. All right, brother. <laughs> hey, thank you. Can't wait to come out again. Can't wait. Yeah. Adios. familia. And uh, no, it's so cool. So cool. Of course, we'll put this on podcast. Lisa, Lisa's our other guest for, for the show. Thank you so much. Sorry that we, we kind of... Went uh, overboard with Lalo. Oh, that—that's that, totally fine. Um, I love Lalo. I'm always a fan, um, and I love. There's nobody better to share the stage with. Awesome. Uh, no, and, and I think it all ties into. I, I did want. We wanted to get to your interview too because you mm-hmm. just had your uh, a great op-ed piece in the Houston Chronicle, and just from the Nuestra Palabras, I want to thank you for archiving the radio show, which we're on now, which is which is huge because you're making us part of history, and then. Also, because you're talking about saving the the voices of Las Mujeres, which happens in one way in Coco, which happens in Poems, mm-hmm. but here you are talking about it directly, which you're involved in. So tell us a little, tell the listeners a little bit about it. Maybe if you want to read a paragraph or two from it. Um, sure. Uh, I actually don't have it at hand gotcha. right now. You didn't memorize it? No, ah. I didn't memorize it, but I, I actually will talk a little bit about how um, the piece focuses on Marta Cotera, who was one of uh, the first Latinas in archives. She helped establish the Mexican-American collections at the Benson. She's awesome. She's amazing, a trailblazer, and um, definitely a role model that I'm glad I found when I was making my way up through archives. Um, and 
the piece does an overview of her life, her contributions, but at the end of it, she, um, she talks about how, uh, this unfulfilled mandate, how we're still not completing the picture and not documenting the full scope of the contributions of Latinos, especially Latinas. Um, so she recently came to the University of Houston. I heard her speak and she left us with the, with the battle cry of aquí estamos y no nos vamos. And I, that resonates with me so deeply as a Latina, um, as a daughter of immigrants, and also as an archivist, because we can't deny the fact that Latinos are contributing in terms of history, education, in so many ways, but we aren't documenting, um, either we're not empowered and validated into documenting ourselves and sharing that history with our communities. Um, but also we need to demand that space and in institutions mm. and just like the work that you're doing in curriculum. Um, so that's mainly what my piece focused on and what I like to um, do and what's my passion as an archivist and why I think archives, the source where many histories are told and where a lot of history silences are created. Um, I, I want to bring light to that. Um, and that was very much the goal of the piece. No, and that's fantastic. And I think the other message that, that I see here is that we're getting so close. We've got so much talent. We've got so many experts. Where before, and I think the Texas State Board of Education is an example of that, mm -hmm. it's frustrating because we're surrounded by all these great works, mm -hmm. all these fantastic books, and none have been adopted yeah. because there's all these technicalities in the middle. You know, I feel that I, I could smell how close mm -hmm. the, this textbook and this round got. I can smell how close Lalo got before this. Yeah. And even with your work, too, you approach it in a different way, like uh, Dr. Cotera de Tambien, mm -hmm. but super important ways. And, and I, I want to bring it up, too, because, you know, the work you do isn't going to be heard by hundreds of millions of people the way Coco is, or, or maybe the work that any of we do, or it might mm -hmm. be. But without the work you do, that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. We don't happen, mm -hmm. and the legacy doesn't doesn't move on. Tell us about your expertise too, because you are an expert in this field. Yeah, um, and I I love the way that you very much state the cycle of information and the cycle of education and where archives come in. Um, we so I'm an, a specialist in archives. That's historical documents and rare items, whether. Um, for some reason they're scarce or they're deemed valuable. Um, so I specialize in Latino and Latin American history and I work with a really great friend of ours, Dr. Canelos and the good folks at Arte Publico. And going back to what you mentioned, um, how does that get incorporated? So it's been really important for me to work with advocates such as Arte Publico to make sure that their voices are amplified and in turn they help amplify the importance of archives. So um, I love archives, but more than anything, I love working with people in the community and making this very privileged, these very privileged spaces, because who knows about an archive? What is an archive? <laughs> no. <laughs> nobody like, nobody knows about that. I always tell people I'm an archivist and they're like, <laughs> what is that? And I'm like, well, I'm the person that gets to keep all the old stuff. And, you know, I'm the person who um, has the uncomfortable decision of deciding what silences we're going to have mm. in the archive. And, and let me jump in too, because the irony of that is, most people know what it means to be documented or undocumented. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You you document us. Exactly. You know, and, and I think that sh people can appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, I really hold people um, up 
into questioning my role and asking me, like, why aren't you documenting us? Why aren't we being included in the classes? Why aren't we in these spaces? Because I, I can only do so much. I need people to help me mm. with this work. So that's why I appreciate you having me on the show, being able to document and save Nuestra Palabra um, and all the work that people in this community do. Um, there's so many archives that I still haven't discovered um, after the piece, actually, um, an elder in the community approached me. And so I, I would love to use this forum as an opportunity to say, come to the archive, reach me, um, tell somebody, <laughs> call Tony and tell him to bug me about it. But, <laughs> because there's stories out there that we haven't heard of that we aren't saving. And we, you need to, the community needs to hold people such as myself accountable for documenting those stories. Because as you said, there's the undocumented and the documented and um, the more people that we can bring into the archive, the more representative it will be of actual history. I, I think the other thing to throw into the mix is that this, we're a community of intellectuals here and that's why we can have this discussion. That's why we can do the work that all of us do, but we need more intellectuals too. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's beautiful that you, you are very open. You're very open. I mean, you, you reach out to us about the archives and I think, we as a community that need to support you back in different ways. So yeah. it, it is fun. What are some of your goals for 2018 do you see? Um, my goals for 2018 are to build up the archive more. Um, my position started in 2014. We have wonderful material related to literature. As I mentioned, your material at the Publicos material. Um, but definitely it needs to grow. It needs to expand. We have um, the papers of um trailblazers like Dr. Tacho Mendiola and the Center for Mexican Americans. Yeah, I hope you're listening somewhere out there. Um, but it definitely needs to grow. And I think that it, um, my goal for 2018 would be to expand the breadth of it because Latinos were in the arts, we're in literature, but we're also in business. We're mm -hmm. also in energy. We're in so many areas. Um, and the more robust that story can be, um, the better. And my other goal, and you touched a little bit on it as well, um, this intellectual conversation and these archives, they need to trickle down because if the community from the bottom up doesn't have access to it, then what's the point? Why are we mm. saving these stories? Um, I don't want to perpetuate what archives have been. I want to carve a new path. And so if I can do that in 2018, that would be amazing. I see. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to be teaching mixed American literature uh, next semester at Lone Star College, North Harris. Would you be up for coming to the class? And Definitely. You, you got it on record here. I, it's I on record. Be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I tell you what, I'll tell you how we roll. What, well, actually, what I'll do is I'm going to work in the syllabus and I'm going to make it one of our students' uh, final research mm. papers to work with you on something awesome i yeah. would love that i would love that so i love it that's how it is we interview the the, the giants making history we yeah. save it we archive yeah. it and then we teach it and then we turn around and, and add more to it mm -hmm. thank you so much for all the work that you do any websites people can visit to, to check in on what you're doing yeah um you can go to the houston, university of houston library site um you can also uh i encourage everybody to check out arte publico and the recovery project and um if you want to listen to some old nuestra palabra um you can also check us out on there
That's cool. Gosh, you were plugged <laughs> See? up. That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you, Kumadha, for coming. I mean, it was yeah. a great show because you brought I all brought, this family I from the past. I set up a planta. We got some, our ancestors. Pero no, no es para here. nada. Como que fired me up. So, <laughs> but so but like, I'm glad. A I'm shout glad. out to you, New Endeavor. Uh, we yes. Got a, we have about a minute I, um, left. Give a shout out okay, to you, New Endeavor. Okay, so I have a, the Sassy Lola Party Bus. And Eso. I'm all about, you know, doing parties that have an education twist. And so we have a, a karaoke where the kids have to come up, be interviewed, and sing a song. Just all about getting up to the mic, being owning your voice, because that's what it's about. You own your voice, you own yourself, and you can be documented, and then you can do whatever you want to do in your life. Sassy Lola? And Sassy Lola Party Bus. I see that. I can come out to you. Thank Just you so book much. us. Hey, this is